Friday, folks, and welcome to another What the Paranormal with your homegirl Denise, aka Miss Hyde. Today, I'm going to read a story um, from Creepypasta, written by Christopher Maxson. It is, A Mysterious Elevator Took Me to the Hidden Floor. <clears throat> so, as a freelance convention planner, I stay at many hotels over the course of a year. I spend about a week per trip in all expense paid suite of my choosing, doing nothing but studying the location, interviewing the staff, um, and getting a feel for the hotel and its traffic. I then spend another week organizing the event, ensuring my client is satisfied with my plans. There's um, a little bit more to it, but that's the over gist, overall gist of my job. If you can get over the constant jet lag, it's not a bad gig. In all my years of planning conventions, I must have stayed at over a hundred different hotels. The summer floor plans, architecture, staff training, they all blend together in my mind. But one in particular will always stay with me. The, Glen the Grovewood Inn located just on the outskirts of Cape Cod. That one kept me up for many nights, even after I left. At first, my trip to Grove would end, seemed mostly forgettable. The convention I was planning was a glorified book club meeting for a group of older women and some local authors. The service, food, layout of the hotel were, were average and unexciting. The only thing I liked about the place was Clara, the desk clerk. I'd have even asked her out on a date, hadn't she even been married. I had planned boring conventions before and been to many subpar sub hotels, but this trip was remarkably mind-numbing. I couldn't wait to be done with it. One night at the end, after a long day of mundane event planning, I flipped on the TV, poured a glass of wine, and climbed into bed. I grabbed the program guide from my bedside table and looked it over, hoping to find porn networks. As I glanced through the channel listings, something at the bottom of the page caught my eye. Written crudely in permanent marker was the following, elevator code 03-08-06-B10402-07-B2-07. This was odd. I knew if hotels had pin pads on their elevators, usually to prevent children from using them, but the Grovewood Inn was not one of them. Plus, most pin pad elevators only required a four-digit code. Intrigued, I decided to call up the front desk to find out more. I was sure the code would turn out to be something trivial, uninteresting, but it was, at the very least, an excuse to talk to Clara again. Though unreciprocated, I enjoyed flirting with her, if for no other reason than to hear to her infectious laughter. A sip of wine and a few failed pickup lines later, I was back at square one. Clara didn't know anything about it, claiming there was no devices in the entire building that would require a code like that, much less one of the elevators. She did, however, point out that the numbers in the code aligned with every floor in the hotel, one through eight, plus the two basement levels. We both found this odd, but ultimately couldn't make sense of it. After getting off the phone with Clara, my curiosity got the best of me. I left my room, walked over to the elevator, and stepped inside. 
Then I pressed the button, buttons in the order they were written on the channel guide, just to see if anything would happen. Much to my disappointment, the elevator did nothing but take me to every floor in the hotel before finally stopping at the lobby. The front desk was eye shot of the elevator, so I quickly hit the button for my floor, not wanting to explain to Clara what I was up to. Though I didn't have shot with her, it still would have been embarrassing to tell her I was spending my night playing around in the elevator. Lucky, I was able to escape unseen. Upon stepping back on the floor, I noticed a member of the cleanup crew walking down the hall. That's when it hit me. The staff never use the patron elevators. They have their own service elevator to get floor to floor without impeding the travel of guests. It may sound ridiculous, but I needed to know if the code worked in that elevator, if for no other reason than to placate my un undying curiosity. I inconspicuously made my way down the hall, heading to the service elevator. Once there, the familiar sting of disappointment set in. A staff card was required to gain access, no doubt to keep the guests from using it. Feeling defeated and realizing how crazy I was letting boredom make me, I walked back to my room. After a few more glasses of wine, I drifted off and entered a long, peaceful, alcohol-induced slumber. I awoke many hours later to sunlight flooding my room and the familiar sound of a vacuum next door. Cleanup is always in full force early in the mornings at hotels. When the initial grogginess of waking up wore off, something came to mind, something that caused me to jump to my feet and immediately exit my room. There in the middle of the hall was a cleaning cart. There was no staff in sight. Hanging from a lantern was a maid staff card. Right for the taking. This was it. This was my chance. Maybe it was slight hangover I had or perhaps it truly was the metonymy of planning a less than exciting convention but I grabbed the card and ran to the service elevator like it was the last chance I had of having some adventure during this trip something about the code was calling me it was a mystery I desperately felt the need to solve upon swiping the maid's card and entering the elevator I quickly punched the code in and waited at first nothing happened the elevator didn't move but the buttons all remained illuminated. I thought that maybe I somehow busted a thing, but the preceding moments proved this theory wrong. Without warning, the elevator raced up the heights of the hotel, ascending much faster than normal. The digital readout above counted the floors up to eight and then kept going until I reached 12. This was bizarre. As a grove, it only had eight floors and there was no reason for the elevator to have been able to reach that height. By all accounts, I would have been in the sky by that point. A few minutes later, the elevator door opened, revealing behind it a grand ballroom, the likes of which I've never seen before. In any of the hotels I've been to, Victorian era chandeliers on the ceiling, beautiful silk banners danced from wall to wall, and hundreds of people dressed in old-fashioned attire an elegant face where waltz about as a large band played a catchy tune. My jaw was on the floor. It's hard to explain, but a romantic fog filled the air. I watched as masked 
patrons danced in unison and partook in lavish festivals, completely oblivious to my presence. For a moment or two, I completely forgot about the hotel below, awestruck by the scene before me. Something about it was absolutely intoxicating. Just as I was about to step out of the elevator, the music stopped. All at once, the ballroom guests turned around and faced me and held their gaze with me. Almost as if they're peering into my very soul. It became quickly apparent that I was not welcome there. An uninvited, unwanted visitor in a room I was never supposed to reach. It was clear to me that it was time to leave. I, I tried pressing the buttons for the lobby, but it wouldn't light up. I tried floors, two, three, four, no dice. The elevator was stagnant and I was trapped. I looked back over to the crowd and to my horror, they began walking toward me. Their march was slow, but without a working elevator, I had no means of escape. I was at the mercy of the ballroom and its occupants now, no matter what the fate entailed. With little in the way of options, I attempted to converse with the group. Who are you? What do you want with me? My query was met with little reaction. The only response I received was a continued sound of footsteps on the ballroom floor. Frightened I, of what was to come next, I backed up as far as the elevator walls would allow. A mouse cornered in a birdcage. Just as the vultures clasped the gap between us, an explosion of fire emerged in the background, overcoming the guests, engulfing the entire room in flames. I began to cough uncontrollably from the toxic smoke that loomed above. Beads of sweat the size of pearls dripped down my cheeks. To top it off, the guests were still there, standing still at the foot of the elevator, somehow unfazed by the fiery heat around them. In between coughs, I managed to offer them one last question. Though I knew it would probably go unanswered. What do you want? A woman in the front crowd stepped forward. She wore a fox mask and a slight grin through her lips would soon spread apart and speak. We want to be saved. At this moment, the flames took flight, rising to the highest of heights of the ballroom. Molten skin dripped from the woman's frame like candle wax as her features morphed into a gruesome arrangement of congealed flesh and bubbling blisters. Won't you save us? In a grotesque slur of a natural movement, the woman stumbled in my direction, arms stretched. I stood still in terror as her burnt fingers made their way to my neck. Just as she wanted to make contact, the door shut behind her and the lights went out. The bulb in the elevator, the fire in the ballroom, it was all gone. The energy around me had dis dissipated abruptly leaving nothing but pitch blackness in its place. Somehow I was alone. A few minutes of confusion passed, followed by a loud roar of the elevator shaft below. All at once, everything sprung back to life. Save for my fox mask assailant, as the elevator dropped, I watched the digital readout count backwards from 12. Eventually, I was back in familiar territory, safe and sound on the ground floor. Before the doors could fully open, I made a mad dash to the front desk. Clara! Hey, what got you frazzled? And what were you doing in the service elevator? The 
I told her what I'd seen, she'd think I was crazy. Instead, I composed myself and asked for some information. Did this hotel ever have a 12th floor? Clara looked very surprised by my question. Yes, it did. Grovein was originally almost twice the height, but a lot of it burned up in a bad fire, so it had been reconstructed. The top floor was a ballroom. That was very, very long time ago. She pointed to a framed picture on the wall be behind her, dated 1913. Why do you ask? Uh, no reason, just curious, that's all. I promptly made my way back to my room, reflected on everything. I wondered if I'd seen the picture without realizing it or jumped up my elevator escapade. I discarded this thought rather quickly, sure that I was wide awake when it happened. I thought it might have been something in the wine, but that was equally unlikely. There was no logical explanation for what occurred. And that's about it. I never found out exactly what happened the day in the hotel. I mustered up enough courage to try the code again, but it didn't work. It seems I was allowed a one-time glimpse of the, into the past. A look at what was before and what might still be today had the hotel not partially destroyed. I only wish I could take part in the festivities before things went sour. Perhaps I could have somehow prevented the fire and saved patrons, just like the fo fox-masked woman wanted. All I can do is now look back on that day, completely bewildered, as I plan my next convention. Now, I found this story interesting because it kind of reminds me of The Shining. The last scene, the picture with Jack Nicholson's character. Um, really cool. Now you can uh, go and find um, Christopher Maxson on Facebook um, under Christopher Maxson Writer. You can find him. You can find his stories on Creepypasta. You can also donate to um, to him via PayPal to chris.maxson.82 at live.com. Um, you can find him on Reddit. You can, you know, buy his books. Uh, so yeah. I, this is an interesting one. I was reading it. I was going to Creepypasta and I saw this. I was like, ooh, kind of reminded me of The Shining. All right, short episode. I will talk to you all at another time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Um, all our information will be linked below. Uh, if you have any suggestions feel free to email those in or put them in your comment section i will talk to you all later bye if you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly that has everything you need at your fingertips that won't set any limits that you can earn money then i would recommend anchor
Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, you can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing. Now, most platforms, you know, before you can even try it out, you need to sign up and pick a plan. I like Anchor because I don't have to go through any of that. So I recommend it. Now, if you really want to get into it, I recommend you going to your website, anchor.fm, and, you know, signing up. Or you can download anchor.fm from the Google Store, iTunes, um, and give it a try. So don't forget to go to anchor.fm, sign up, and I'll see you all in the podcast community. <laughs> <laughs>